0: Hello Talkie Talk listeners, just a heads up before the podcast to let you know about two upcoming concerts by our very own favorite outro music-ers, Boogarifa. They're going to be playing Saturday, August 4th at 8pm at Java Monkey with Brother Man and julian morena and will pass also playing uh, so check that out also have an upcoming concert at tin roof cantina on friday august 17th at 9 p.m with uh, moody hollow and steve nebraska in the blue stems check them out if you enjoy the outro music you enjoy burifa and we enjoy you now on to the podcast.
1: Episode one thirteen of Talky Talk a podcast for the MediaBias My name is Brent, and I'm here today with David. Hello, and TJ. That's me, Tiberius James. Our very um uh, Tizzle, zizzlebot. Just <laughs> <laughs> a silent J in front of zizzlebot. <laughs> we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be talking about last week's homework, a talk of fame nomination <laughs> from David. A little movie called "The Last of Sheila," and if you forgot the title, it gets repeated a couple times in the movie. A couple times. It's Not a redo of "Man on Fire." Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we thought we thought this might be fun to do it. It's a blind item talk of fame. I think we've only done one of these before. Is
1: that right? Metropolis. Metropolis.
0: Metropolis was another one.
1: But at least Metropolis, I kind of knew what I was getting into because I've never it, heard of this movie. It's so it's on so many lists and whatnot. I had never heard of "The Last of Sheila." Yeah, So I was very excited to, uh, to jump in.
0: History kind of forgot this movie. And mm-hmm. just to give a little bit of setting the stage, Go for in it. case you haven't seen it, I'm going to do my best shot at it. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So there is a uh, Mediterranean pleasure cruise that a big time producer, Clinton, who's James Coburn, is throwing for six of his friends, or so-called friends. It's the one-year anniversary of his wife, Sheila Green's, death by hit-and-run. And And, uh, as we come to find out, the group that was uh, invited was all around, or um, on the scene when his wife died. And Clinton is known as a man who enjoys games, which we can all sympathize with. There's game boards and all kinds of stuff. But the game they're going to play is the Sheila Green memorial gossip game Whatever. Yep. <laughs> so, in the cruise, they're all assigned a secret. And the point of the game is for everyone to figure out the secrets. Yeah, and we come to find out that the, the secrets...
2: Se- sorry. I want to interject. The secrets in the rules of the game are supposed to be completely fabricated.
0: Right. So he's just like, you know, we think that he's picking secrets just randomly for everybody to figure out. Mm-hmm. And we come to find out later that the secrets may actually be real. That they're uncovering they're just and, and
1: assigned to different people
2: yep or, or not in the beginning mm-hmm. you don't really know yep so
0: the the game goes about when they you know go into port at a city and uh, everyone tries to follow a kind of scavenger hunt and uh, there's a one secret per night that they're doing and if it's your secret you got to find it and that closes the game for the night if you can figure it out before the person who secret it is then you get a point point and that's the structure for the movie, but... Not really. <laughs> after the second secret, we are playing a whole different game.
1: Yeah, it, that's a surprising turn in the movie. Yes. You only get one round of gameplay, really. Yeah, you, you get to see at least a second, sort of, bit of one gameplay. And a half. Yeah, <laughs> but no, the uh, the game maker Clinton dies.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I always want to say this on Talk of Fames. If you haven't seen The Last of Sheila and you think you might want to, 100% spoiler alert... The movie will be talked about in depth. Yeah, Big spoiler at
0: this time because it's kind of a film that history forgot, so I'm sure unless you watched it for this podcast, you probably have not seen it. Correct. So my guess.
2: Mm-hmm. I've never, again, heard of it. So. Yeah, it's also possible. Anyway, go ahead, sorry. Any other
0: uh, backgrounds we kind of need for it? It's got, it does have an all-star cast. I would go so ahead we'll and explain the
2: end, since we don't really cover the plot in the gauntlet. Go ahead and get to the end.
0: Sure, so on the second night, the, the secret is, you know, you're a homosexual and uh, Clinton is in a um, what's it called monastery? Yeah, a monastery. Abbey. Yeah. An abbey on an island, and he's in a the like the priest's confession box, and he ends up getting murdered for real. It's no special effects. <laughs> and after that, they kind of move on quickly from that. And the new game is to deduce what happened with Clinton, which coincides with back in the day what happened with Sheila. And everyone's kind of pointing fingers and trying to figure out this who done it, while they're still kind of uh, cruising for pleasure.
2: Yeah, very uh, cavalier about the whole murder thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that's that's pointedly so.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: we talked about that. Yeah, a little bit earlier, kind of how it might be poking fun at. Well, we'll get into that later. Let's. Because uh, they immediately the
0: plot. go from like trying to figure out how Clinton died to figuring out the movie of Sheila and all that. Like, mm-hmm. what parts they would play.
1: So you figure out eventually who kills Sheila in reality. Yep. And it's and if, not as late a revelation as I thought it might be. No. It's about 45 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. And you yeah. find out that Lee...
0: Yep. Lee, the uh, person who is married to, I guess, as far as this has a main character, main character's wife, who's the writer. Tom. His, his Tom wife, the writer. Lee, eventually was uh, drunk driving, because you find out she, her secret is she's an alcoholic. Um, drunk drove and hit her. Killed her and returned the car to an auto body shop or a mm-hmm. rental car place, and kind of tried to cover it up and move on with her life. And the discovery of that kind of drives her to suicide. So the body count is now three, if you include Sheila, then then Clinton, and then a quote unquote suicide. Right for for Lee.
2: And you are led to believe that Lee is responsible for all three deaths. Yes. Yep. For a while, but then you find out. Then
0: the the twist is, in a uh, game between the director, who's a child molester, and the writer, who is a homosexual, I guess he's bisexual, Yeah. or or whatnot, um, that it's actually been orchestrated since the game started by Tom, Tom the writer, that he orchestrated Clinton's death, and Lee actually killed a dead body, but she thought she killed him driven to suicide and gaslighted by Tom who put you know barbiturates or something in her alcohol and killed her staging it like a suicide mm-hmm. all of this is kind of comes out in a discovery detective scene with the director who's you know a huge as huge a fan of the game as Tom is mm-hmm. but with n- not as much detail not as much information known as Tom has. And uh, eventually they have an altercation after it comes out, you know, deducing what happened. And uh, saved by the day by other people being on the boat. Mm-hmm. Including, uh, I was wondering why did he stop, but I guess Christine, who's the agent, is there with uh, Guido, who I guess is a guy who could uh, physically go toe-to-toe with Tom if he wanted to continue to murder. Mm-hmm. So, our big antagonist is actually Tom the Writer, who killed Lee for her money, killed Clinton because he was going to expose this, and something. I forget why else. so he killed Clinton.
2: Yeah, you find out that there's a, there's actually seven note cards even for six players, essentially, that originally the one card that says hit and run, which gets Lee all freaked out because she thinks she's been found out, actually is a card instituted into the, the game by Tom.
0: Yep, because all the cards coincide with the first letter of Sheila's name. So S is a shoplifter, lifter. That's Raquel Welch, she's the actress. H becomes your hit and run killer, but there's redundancy cuz Tom's also a homosexual.
2: That's the made up.
0: Yep. The made up one that Tom is uh, hit and run. Tom kind of types up right. for this uh, this game of gaslighting her and uh, e is an ex convict that's a very young ian mcshane who's kind of a uh, playing uh, husband manager kind of like a mm-hmm. i don't know what kind of there, there was a that character that type there. back in the day yeah. that, that type i is an informant which diane cannon is the celebrity agent who like redlisted people
2: back in the day or blacklisted blacklisted during, people during the red scare right
0: yep <laughs> l is a little child molester
2: which kind of gives it away Yep. Another thing they're very cavalier about in this movie, though. Yeah. yeah. There was one point, I love the. where the director's like, maybe an adulterer. No, that's too serious. Something bad, but not that bad. I was like, Child Bluster! <laughs> that's pretty bad. <laughs> that
0: could have been the central secret to drive murder
1: itself. <laughs> yeah.
0: And a. Uh, ends up getting replaced the hit-and-run killer, but we end up figuring out it's an alcoholic, that Lee was an alcoholic. And
1: the fact that it's replaced is what lets the director kind of put everything together. Yep. Because he, he, he's like, Why, where was the A? Where was that A? So
2: real quick, before we dive into the gauntlet, talking to Brent before the podcast, he was under the impression that you never saw the alcoholic card until the reveal. But I know that during the first half of the movie, during the scene where she, where Lee and the director are having a drink and Tom walks in on them Mm -hmm. and they're talking about producing their own movie, that I was like, one of them is the alcoholic that I knew that Lee or Tom was because they have that weird exchange with the, this is bourbon, I know. Yeah. So do you remember seeing the alcoholic card Card? early?
0: No, not specifically. The only time I guess you would have seen it is when he's splashing all the cards before I, signing I out.
2: guess I saw it somewhere. Or I saw it right before he crumpled it up, maybe. But I know it's there. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% positive. Because I didn't read anything about the movie. I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thought either Lee or him were the alcoholic. And it turns out that Lee is... No. It turns out that he is. No, it's Lee. Lee's, Lee's standing alcoholic. under the A? I thought he was standing under the A.
0: Well, they don't coincide with specifically the the letter. But it's, all the letters it's
1: who it's, correspond it's, it's, to the card- they're standing under into. the card that they were going to be given. Gotcha. For the game. So he
2: is actually the homosexual. Yes. yes. He did have a relationship with Clinton. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I was a little confused at that, too. I didn't know if he was actually. Because he could have made that up after. It was after Clinton was died when he said that. So there's no proof. Right. That he was the homosexual. Okay. Sorry. Shall we? Yeah.
1: All right. The Last of Sheila enters the gauntlet. All right. First off, was this movie entertaining? Did you actually enjoy watching it? I'm curious for all the answers on all of these questions. Yeah, me too. I was.
2: I don't want to say I was highly entertained, but I was far more entertained than I expected to be.
0: This movie made me want to watch more movies of its ilk for intelligently plotted whodunits. I want to read Agatha
1: Christie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was. I definitely enjoyed watching it. Uh, I found the sort of the the plot gimmick of like. A game a night to be really engaging, mm-hmm. and I was I was really entertained. I think more so over the first half of the movie. I think the first half entertained me more. And I don't know how much to reel
2: that in because for listeners who don't know us that well, we're big into parlor games, board yeah, games, yeah. and creating our own games. We do it all the time. Obviously, we have a you know probably twenty podcasts where we just make up games mm-hmm. and play them, and we love them. So I don't know how much that. Hit me, and not the masses. Not that the masses matter for the talk of fame, but I was just yeah, a little a little plot point the, to our discussion.
0: The thing I liked a lot was some of my favorite scenes. Maybe we'll talk about it later. But um, in the second half of the movie, you have the everyone's trying to figure it out, and you know one character posits a theory. Then you have alternate theories. It reminded me a lot of games we've played, like like Mafia or Avalon, where you try to deduce who someone is it gave me strong feelings of that
1: it also reminded me very much and I know this I think preceded it by about 12-13 years but it reminded me of Clue
2: mm-hmm. the,
1: the movie Cassandra Clue. brought that up quickly yeah she asked if this was before or after Clue yeah like, it was one of the first things she asked Did the movie elicit any kind of emotional response from you? Because it 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 really didn't for me. No, I don't think a whodunit really can, other than just.
0: I guess the only emotion I guess is probably going for is that you're you're uh, I guess these kind of stories that you're impressed by the um like the intricacy. Yeah, you know that you're impressed with the setup. For me, it's
1: like I I call that like the thrill of the mystery to an extent. Yeah, I think you got more of a. It's hard...
2: The characters didn't care. So, it was hard for me to care. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm.
1: That's not the point of the movie. They're all sort of unlikable characters. Well, the interesting
0: yeah. thing is, like, they're... The, the, that's obviously, like, you know, who's going to survive and who who killed who is secondary to figuring out the truth, which gets at, like, the heart of games in general. These, right. these kind of mystery games and I think mystery movies.
1: Ultimately, the character I probably would have... Uh maybe connected to most is the one who dies halfway through the movie Clinton I think by the end because I think that's one thing that like in some whodunits maybe you connect to a single character more because they are a they're your stand-in they're the the Mm -hmm. moral the the good guy there's a clear good guy and I think Tom was supposed to be the good guy in this movie yeah
0: I'm just I'm not sure I don't think any of them were I'm not sure the history of whodunits where I I think Tom is more is more the audience avatar than anything. He's a little on the outs, but he's also you know trying to figure all this stuff out earnestly before the reveal that your main character you're caring about actually carried all this stuff out. So I don't know the history of like where this would rank in that starting to be a solid reveal. Yeah,
2: especially the argument with against Clinton being that character would be he's still a fucking jackass. And he's a <laughs> A bad person, yeah. where he's like putting all these secrets out that actually do tie to people. Yeah. He's he's sadistic. I mean, that's a in fucked that up. up right. Yeah, sadistic is a good word for. Yeah. it. he is it's, a. It's one thing if they're emotionally a group, sadistic. Group
0: of strangers with real secrets, but it's almost more sadistic that they're all friends and they all like have some half truths that they kind of guess at, and like the shoplifter card. It's like, oh, I, I heard about that with Alice, like that kind of thing that starts to give up the realness of the game. And he's he's in him he's Clinton's kind of like a step ahead of the audience, which prevented him from being like a big avatar for me in the I can movie. See that, yeah. Whereas the the thrill of whodunits and mysteries is you're a step behind and you kind of relate to those characters that are in your same straits.
2: Yeah, I guess I guess the big thing is he's he's the only one who doesn't. Well, not the only one. He is the only character who doesn't think this will end in the person who killed Sheila. Realizing that they've been gotten, because everybody else knows there's a hit and run card yep. right after his death, so they all know, mm-hmm. and they assume that was his point all along, when really he was just playing a sadistic game yeah.
1: that had nothing to do with Sheila. Really, was the uh, was the movie what you expected it to be? And it's a it's a, a more fun question since it's the first time watch for everybody. Yeah, for me,
0: I mean, I got to this from some podcasts recommending it and saying that it was kind of an underrated movie that time forgot in the history of, like, all these people. Um, and from the trailer that we watched and everything, I thought it was just going to be, like, oh my gosh, this is going to be really dumb. I was in, I was surprised by how smart it was set up and executed, I guess I would say.
1: Yeah, I think it's general entertainment level surprised me. I was I was more gripped by the movie than I expected to be. Mm -hmm. It was about what I thought it would be
2: Hmm. to change up a little bit. I mean, it was, I was impressed with the story and not as much with some of the execution. I had a little bit of, I don't like when reveals are like, I like it a lot more when there's a reveal where it's like, you could have picked up on this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this movie lacked a little bit of that. During yeah, the they're they're like, reveal, like oh, I couldn't have ever figured this out. There, I didn't have enough info.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like Ocean's Eleven in that respect. You can't mm-hmm. really figure it out until they like replay the what actually happened during those scenes. Right, all those scenes were
2: actually ruses. In the contrast with Ocean's Eleven would be, I feel like that's the fun of Ocean's Eleven is like you're waiting to see how they did it. Mm-hmm. And with this movie, like you're trying to figure it out the whole time. You're trying to play along, and you just can't. Mm-hmm. It's kind of another game, like a trick.
1: Uh, moving into the script and story choices and whatnot, uh, what did you think of the storytelling? Because I, th- I thought it was—I uh, thought it made some interesting choices to kill the game master halfway through the movie, and also to to show how connected some of the characters were, and how like maybe one character, maybe person A knew person B's real secret, but person B knew person C's, and down the line, and they they knew a little bit about each other. Uh, I thought the the scene with uh, Raquel Welch's actress talking to the shadowy figure mm-hmm. off screen was was interesting. Yeah, we saw a little bit of that, and I guess
2: that's did this come out before or after Bay of Blood?
1: After? Not that Bay of Blood is Bay of Blood is maybe
2: is the first movie
1: is to do is this. It,
0: like late sixties, it might be like sixties or early seventies, like seventy seventy one or something.
2: 71. But like, we've seen that before, that like, POV of the, obviously it's the
1: guy you're trying to figure out, you know, the, the killer. See, I didn't necessarily even think it, it was, at that point in the movie, we don't really know there's a killer. We don't think there's a single bad person. We think of, I thought it was just preserving a mystery for later. Like, who who's the homosexual? Because she makes reference to that. Yeah. I think I, you know it's a killer. I don't know. I mean, there is obviously a killer. You know that from the first scene.
0: Well, I think you know that they're keeping it, they're withholding it. Like, I didn't automatically assume that the person she's talking to was the murderer. I guess you could uh, assume that, because why would they keep that from you?
1: I thought it was beginning to weave a big web of secrets, where, where we know this person knows this about this person. And so I didn't necessarily think, because she didn't make reference to a killer. And he wound up not being the killer. That she was talking to.
2: Right. Yeah, no, The so the twist is there, but I mean, there's, there's obviously somebody who has, it's not just any one of the six people, otherwise show them, you're not, you don't see that they're any identity. So I see that,
0: that scene and some of the other stuff as kind of part of the thing I was impressed by with the screenplay was the, the bait and switch for the kind of movie that's going to be at or mm-hmm. what the mystery is going to be, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because during up until that point that Clinton dies, you are you know the cards and you're trying to figure out like who is who, and trying to pick up on stuff.
2: And you know there are seven. You know there's a fake card
0: at that point. Do you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah, you do. After Clinton dies, it's, it's, it's right when Clinton dies. You know there's a fake card.
0: Back to the uh, storytelling. One of the mysteries was in the very in like the credit scene is that it is insane to me that it was written by Anthony Perkins. And Stephen Sondheim. (laughs) And
2: neither would have ever read anything else.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's fun to go into the IMDB of it, is that it came out of, like, uh, murder mysteries that they would stage in New York. And someone was like, this would actually make a good movie. And so they essentially translated their murder mysteries they do, which were apparently, like, incredibly elaborate, into uh, the plotting for something like this.
1: Yeah. Um... How about the, uh, the, the, were the characters compelling to you? Because this was a sticking point. Uh, I didn't really. know. No. Me, me either. They're kind of like
0: gross caricatures of types. And it's kind of arbitrary in the the dialogue. You could really give it to any of the, you know, six survivors mm-hmm. about who says what or who is interested in solving the plot. Like, honestly, it really could have been Christine, the agent, at the end, who figures it out doesn't really mean anything that it was the director to me. Other than nice director puns at the end.
2: Again, I mean, I guess this is something that y'all won't agree on because it would be impossible to, but I had fun. I thought the characters were compelling because I was trying to pick up on clues that would rule out one of these seven identities. I was trying to figure out which one was like. Well, y'all didn't know there were seven, so you couldn't have done that. well. Well, I was
0: trying to figure out who was who. I mean, that part was compelling. I don't place that on the characters as much as... The
2: but person. I was saying, if you're trying to rule one out, I was trying to figure out what didn't fit anywhere. Um, so anyway, I don't know, I, I thought, it's hard, I guess you're right, it's not really that like the characters were compelling, but they were the driving force of what I was watching for.
1: The plot it was compelling. Like, for for yeah. me, the
0: characters are there to present personality as a clue, for you to pick up on and try to categorize.
2: I
1: guess I would describe that as compelling, but sure. I could see where people wouldn't. Does it have a scene in the movie that really stands out to you? A single scene?
0: See, for me, it did. And that was the two deduction scenes. The cards on the table scene with Tom after Clinton was killed. I love that. I love the dialogue back and forth of the, is it my time for a theory? Here's my theory. And everyone either defending or denying the secrets. And uh, the boat deduction at the end. James Mason in the dark ends up figuring it out as he's going through his logic with Tom.
2: That scene was really good. I really enjoyed Ian McShane and the others we talked about. Those are definitely the two. Those are definitely the two scenes that I would pick as well. I thought Ian McShane had a really good point that I hadn't thought about as a viewer, which is, why is this card, like, now there's a hit and run card. There's essentially a murderer card and a bunch of ones that aren't quite as bad as murder. And you're just like, I'm gay. I'm the gay card. He's like, wait, why do you get to be the gay card? Because right. if you're the gay card, you're not the murderer. Right. Everybody wants to be not, not the, murderer. the murderer. So yeah. that was an interesting point. And I agree. that I think my scene for the movie is probably James Mason and Tom um, in the boat
1: at the end. I definitely agree those are good scenes. I think my favorite scene may have been the first night. The, the game on the first night. Uh, where they're walking around the, the town. Mm-hmm. And they're all trying. Because I think that really, in a fun way, uh, is a, it's a good... Uh, example of what it's like to to do a game night because you have uh you have a couple of people who are just super into it and are just really fascinated by the game and then you have raquel welch who just seems to not give a shit <laughs> yeah she's like i'm just gonna go have a nice dinner and i feel like you know when you put together game nights and you you get six seven friends together there's gonna be different levels of interest in whatever game you play and uh i really enjoyed that aspect of it <laughs> I feel like we watched different movies. <laughs> I'm just real confused. But go ahead. Oh, you thought she was super into it?
2: No, I thought she was. Yeah, yes, because she was the card that was released the first night. That was hers. Hmm. So she was very into it because she was like, "Oh fuck, this ain't a game." She's she ends up being a shoplifter, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't like it it whatever. It's just a
2: game. She was like, "Oh no."
0: That's why she goes and gets a drink. Is because she knows real shit
2: is coming out, right? So she's like super into it.
1: Is my point. Oh, I can see from that. I I mean like into the playing of the game. Yeah, cuz it's not a game to her. Right. She's not like
2: I just I would not portray her as like the type who was like I don't want to play a game. She was like fucking oh, seriously worrying about shit. There's no game to her at that point. As far as she knows, they're just he's trying to rat her out as a shoplifter at that point.
1: And eh, consider that.
2: Yeah, she just seemed not as interested in me. That's what she wanted to portray to the other five was my guess. I really want to figure this out on my own kind of thing
0: yeah in that respect she kind of starts the real game ahead of everybody else
2: whoever's whoever is the first clue that night does I Mm -hmm. suspect
1: hmm yeah but I do love that
2: scene in that first town Mm -hmm. it's fun
1: the uh any themes in the movie one, one that I think we touched on earlier that I was going to bring up was uh, I, I thought it was... Uh, I thought the way that it definitely paints Hollywood types as uh, not particularly caring or affected by death in any yeah, way. Pretty callous.
2: And written by those two. And their only movie they ever wrote kind of lends to that even more, I would think.
1: Yep.
0: Some some personal satire there for the business. Yeah.
1: yeah um, Also, did you... I don't know. I noticed did you did you think the uh do you think any of the actors fit their um or not actors, but do you think any of the characters fit behaved within the game in a way that fit their uh jobs or personalities? Because I, kind of, I did. I kind of
2: think Raquel did <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Especially after reading some of James Mason's like she was insufferable and the worst person I've ever worked with.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shit, like oh god. Well, I thought that Tom, I thought Tom uh as as the writer He's definitely the one creating fiction on mm-hmm. the boat. Oh, yeah, that's true. And he's the one He's the one that's coming up, you know, that, that's plotting all this out for everybody, like a writer would do. And I thought that was interesting. And, and maybe it, the
0: the agent just tries to make everybody happy about she just wants everyone to party and drink and stuff, yeah. trying to appease everybody.
1: Yeah. And the director's the one who finally, it's, it's him who can see the whole picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was fun. I, hadn't I thought about that. I liked that little twist to it, uh, and the producer produced this for them. He created the situation that let yeah. them. Producer do this.
0: puts everyone together,
2: right? Mm-hmm. So Raquel's the actress. What, what was uh Cannon's
1: Diane Cannon she, is a is an agent. Agent. Okay. And then uh, Ian McShane is just a personal manager for like Raquel a manager. Walsh. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Lee is a non-Hollywood entity. She's just a rich wife. Mm. Right. Um, so I thought that, I don't know. I, I liked that little aspect of it. Sure. Uh, what about the performances, the acting performances? Did any of them stand out in a good or bad way? I don't think anything stands out as bad, but I also don't really think anything stands out as good. Raquel Welch was not great, but it's also <laughs> Raquel Welch is not there to be great.
0: Yeah, they said like uh, I'll, most of these were based on real people, and I think they said that they they told Raquel Welch it was based on someone, but it ended up they wrote it on it Raquel Welch's on reputation, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and she didn't even know. <laughs> um, I I I can't re- remember ever seeing Richard Benjamin, who's Tom, and anything else, but I think he's really good.
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought James like, Mason was James, good. Yeah, I was gonna say James Mason. Yeah, he's Mason. great. I thought he was very good in the movie. Um, And Diane Cannon, I thought, was... uh, I kind of wish she had more to do in the movie. She's very
0: charismatic.
2: Yeah. was in Children's Hospital. That's weird. What? Tom. Oh. Was in Children's Hospital. Weird. (laughs) was the last thing he did.
1: I don't think anything was award-worthy or anything like that. No. In this movie, but... uh,
0: Closest I would come would probably be James Mason. For supporting.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... well, I think we'll go through this fairly quickly. Uh, technical achievements, um, I don't really think there were many to speak of. No, it's that. kind
0: of matter-of-fact to me. Mm-hmm.
1: I know the, uh, I know, I recognize one name in the credits that was set designer, Ken Adam, who's, uh, did like a... Uh, oh, and costume, sorry, go ahead. Uh because I know he did the, the set design for, like, Dr. Strange Love. Oh, not, and, nice. Yeah. So he, I think the set design was something that was pretty cool because like he's probably the one who put together like the, the monastery scene and the, uh, the the little town with the games and whatnot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I thought that was decent, but
0: yeah. and uh, costume design, Joel Schumacher, eventual oh, yeah. Batman director. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I did think sure. the uh, the it's it's kind of like a interesting thought for me is that apparently Edgar Wright showed this movie to Simon Pegg when they were writing um, Hot Fuzz and the like the priest cloaks on the island really remind me of the uh, the ending of that movie oh yeah about how that's how how the whole town dresses in their like mystery garb
2: yeah kind of reminded me of that nice
0: and of course
1: Edgar Wright knows about this
0: movie because <laughs> he's Edgar Wright
1: <laughs> right of, those, uh, every movie. of the people involved in the movie, would it be anyone's number one achievement, or close to it? It is impossible for me to
2: answer that question, because I have not seen enough movies with these people. Yeah.
1: I, I
0: am, I'm lacking in movies James Mason has been in. I always enjoy his acting. I'm lacking for James Coburn and a whole bunch of people.
1: My gut says no. My gut says no on pretty much
2: everybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know that uh, Cannon was nominated for three Oscars, so I'm just going to assume that... This isn't yeah. in our top three.
1: And also, James Mason was a leading man for so many years in British cinema that you have to assume there were better. better
2: maybe maybe Mason. Benjamin. I don't know. I looked at his filmography. He wasn't in much. He actually was in Westworld, the movie, in mm-hmm. the 70s. I could see that. Yeah, It yeah. might be his like big movie where he was the front man.
0: I looked at the director, Herbert Ross...
1: He's um, kind of sneaky He's done a lot of stuff He's still making yeah. Decent movies in the Played like against 80s, Sam Famous
0: one Last of Sheila Sunshine Boys Where George Burns Got a Oscar Turning Point Another one of those O for 11 Oscar movies Same year
1: as Star Wars Steel uh, Magnolias Might be something People yep. didn't know Steel so Magnolias nice. uh,
0: Richard Dreyfuss Got an Oscar For Goodbye Girl Dame Maggie Smith Got an Oscar For California Suite, And he also did Footloose He's kind of all over the board Yeah
2: Studbadius kind of has the the thing I mean you were talking about Studbadius that we never knew or is that fried green tomatoes? It's
1: fried green tomatoes that has the yeah Campbellism that you didn't know. That I, didn't, I didn't realize it was Campbellism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, never mind then. Scratch that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have a hard time putting it near the top of any of these uh, actors, or maybe it's near the top, but I have trouble decidedly saying. Yeah, you know. I, sh- I like I the context it. for it. Yeah. Um. What's the movie financially successful? Did anybody look this up? Because I did not. They said it made over
0: theater and rentals about $2.2 2 million. Overall, I can't imagine this was that expensive, but it was probably a couple million dollars to, to make. Um, it was a yacht that was owned by a producer, so they didn't have to rent that, I guess. That's a- and I don't think they built a whole ton of sets. I think they used existing stuff. Maybe the closest they came would, would be the, the abbey they go on, on the island. But like, the hotels and stuff are hotels on a you know, Mediterranean island. But I assume it probably... I'm, no, it was not successful.
1: And why not do you Because it, it had star power, I would think, at the time. Or were they stars at the time? Was Diane Cannon a star at that point?
0: Uh, I know Raquel Welch certainly was. Yeah. Um, James Mason had been in stuff by then.
1: James Coburn had already done the, in like, Flint movies, so he was, he was a star. Um, Or a a known commodity. Yeah, Diane Cannon
2: was, yeah, she was, uh, no. No. Okay. She had been nominated for an Oscar. She was in Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice in 1969. And then uh, she had Oscar nominees after this. Uh, She actually, um...
1: One for best live action short film for a writer director producer hmm. in
2: 1976. Impressive. Yeah.
1: James, uh, uh, James Mason was probably somewhat well known. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know, he was probably as well known as he ever was. To put it well, that way. He was
0: in the we we're talking about before the podcast, "A Star Is Born" with Judy Garland mm. in the 1950s, getting Oscar nomination I think for that, and he had some nominations.
2: So people knew that name. What? So, what? I heard real it. quick, have you ever heard of the movie Death Trap from 1982?
1: I've heard of it, don't know anything about
2: no. it. Michael Caine, Christopher Reeve, and Diane Cannon? She,
1: she won a golden raspberry for it. Really? <laughs> um, is this movie important to film history? I would have to say no, otherwise one of us would have heard of it. <laughs> Should it have been? Should it have been important <laughs> to film history? I would
2: again say no. I mean, I don't, there were whodunits that were around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I knew about them before last week. <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's,
0: I think it's an effective and fun whodunit, but I don't think there's anything trailblazing in this movie that I would say should have been a bigger influence.
1: It feels like a par whodunit to me, but it's it sounds. I mean, from that Edgar Wright anecdote, it sounds like it might be more important than. I, I don't know if it's if it is fully important, but it's might be more to some, important to some directors than. Yeah, it's certainly an influencing movie in it's, some way
0: it's definitely more of like a film nerd movie like showing your credentials like have you seen like I know you like mystery movies have you seen this one yeah. that kind of thing that's how it came up in you know some uh, two different podcasts I listened to
1: referenced it over the
0: course of a year or so
1: mm, nice yeah uh, is it one of the best movies in it's uh, is it one of the best whodunit movies that you've seen I mean, I guess it's one of the best I've seen, only cuz I I really haven't seen that many ensemble who
0: It makes me want to watch more. Me too. I guess a uh, high profile one they just remade would be Murder on the Orient Express is probably a big famous who mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's the kind of movie where the it, it was the mystery of it was definitely fun. And mm-hmm. I wasn't I did love the way the exposition was handled of of what really happened. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. When the director just puts it all together and then just explains it on camera, uh, I think it would have been more fun to for us to realize as he realizes,
0: or to have more clues that something else was happening mm-hmm. during those scenes, or something where it's like a little bit of, huh?
1: Yeah, I think that would. I think that makes for a um, I think a more pleasing whodunit to me is if you can put it together while they're putting it together, especially if
0: you're if you're seeing Tom do something in like the background, or you're seeing him do something but you don't know what he's doing, like with his hands. Like, when he grabs the ice pick or stuff like that. I don't know, it may have been
2: more. Whodunits are hard. Because I don't know, like,
1: is get out of whodunit. No. I don't think of it. I think of whodunits as just like, like, this whodunit didn't really start until Coburn died. To me, a whodunit is just like, there's a body, here's six people.
2: I was trying to put myself back in, the, you know, I've only seen it Out once, and I was trying to put my back, back in the, when you see Lakeith Stanfield at the party. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, right, yeah. Like.
0: Maybe the difference just between a mystery and a whodunit, which is a type of mystery.
2: Yeah. I just don't know how to classify a whodunit then, because you definitely want to know what the fuck, who kidnapped Lakeith Stanfield. You know what I mean?
0: Sure.
1: You want to know who? I guess in that movie, has- I, wasn't, I never hit the point where I was thinking, oh, it's one of these people. So there has to be one? Well, I think there doesn't have to be just one. I think, like, in Clue is a great whodunit. But well, like, Arboretum Express, where it's literally everyone. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. But that's. Clue uh, is everyone except for one. Because the bodies keep piling up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean.
0: And so I'm thinking of like a movie with whodunit um, elements of it. If if you go back, is the original Scream trying to figure out who the murderer is because he's masked and you don't know who he is, and it's one of the characters that you know. You're trying to pick up on stuff. Whole times trying to figure it out.
1: Right. Yeah. Characters are trying to figure that out, and 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 you're that's the central focus. So so for me, so, the focus of Get Out wasn't as much about like. Who kidnapped? I think it's something you definitely wonder about. Like, how did he wind up here? Yeah.
0: I think more Get Out is about, like, what's going on with the I mean, family.
2: There are others that I would <laughs> that I don't know about. Like, I think Gosser Park definitely is a whodunit. Yes. But, uh, like, the usual suspects? Is that a whodunit? N- you don't know. <laughs> you don't know that it, it should, should be. be one of those characters. <laughs> yeah. Right, but then, like, back to Get Out, you got his buddy who claims the whole time and is actually spot on.
0: Yeah. yeah but that's not the core mystery like if the mystery was Chris looking into that and like
1: suspecting and crossing off people one at a time yeah. Like, like did the I just think it's real it? hard when you start doing that to, to
2: define what they are Is kind of I don't mean to like drag y'all on and it's it's, it's just hard to it's hard to narrow that
0: self-proclaimed down. it's a genre we're saying we don't know a it's on about mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia article that's very helpful about <laughs> the categorization
2: like his identity <laughs> y'all seen identity yeah is that who done it? Yeah, I yes. think so. Even though it's
1: complete bullshit? Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's, presented that's the... in
1: that way, that where you're wondering who, who done it. Right. I feel like, yeah, for me it's just like, hmm. if there's a, a, a list of suspects, and there's one crime you're trying to figure out, and you think, and just, regardless of what it turns out to be, if you think, the, the point of the movie is investigating or trying to figure out which of these suspects... Cause this thing that you're already aware of that happened. Um, to me, that's sort of the the crux of a whodunit.
0: Yeah. So I tell you what, I'm going to watch more whodunits and report back.
1: Whodunits are actually whodunits.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whether well, yeah, whodunits or not.
2: Yeah. I was starting to think about other ones. I don't want to keep dragging this on, but like
1: like Rear Window is interesting. Yeah, that's another one that's almost as like that. That one's like, was it done? <laughs> was it would be a good name for like, is there a is there a crime? Yeah, cool. and then once there is, there's never a who done it. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: That's like a reverse who done it. Yeah, the who there's is only one suspect, and the question is, was it done?
0: Yeah, the who is always defined.
1: <laughs> right. It's fun how they can twist. Like uh, that's a fun Hitchcock twist on his own sort of thing because he did uh, the Lady Vanishes, mm-hmm. which is a who definitely a great who done it because it's it's people on a train and somebody vanished and it's about these guys trying to figure out who caused this lady to vanish. Sure. Which also has a twist ending. Hmm. Um, but yeah. Neat. Yeah, so, but e- either way, Neato. I don't think any of us really want to say this is probably one of the greatest ever made. But it was yeah, certainly prob- a... It, it was good enough to make it to make me want to watch more, like you, David.
0: Yeah. If it was one of the, you know, from a point of ignorance, if it was one of the best ever, I feel like it would probably be better well-known. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, but not necessarily true, like, categorically, but... Right, right. Is, a good, this, is a good stance to take in
0: this instance for like what you're looking for in a whodunit at the very least right. it's the, like the if it has I don't know you know what I'm saying
1: Yeah, yeah I, I would agree I think at the very least the three of us we would have the reaction of like holy crap how have we never heard of this movie but mm-hmm. I kind of understand how I've never heard of this movie
0: yeah
1: um, even though I kind of wish I had it was fun uh, I liked it. Yeah. I think um,
0: it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be like a little murder mystery. Of It's right there. It has kind of a modest goal. And it achieves it. Has it aged well? I mean, I, I definitely feel...
2: <laughs> I don't know. The little child bluster thing jumped out to me very blatantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: that is obviously... If you, like... Um, I think there was a thing five years ago they were talking about remaking The Last of Sheila. Yeah. I think there's no way you would have an audience... Sympathize with a character with that trait. So you have to rooting, switch that out. You're yeah.
1: rooting for him at the end, right? You don't want him to die, <laughs> right? Please don't <laughs> die at the hands of the hand puppets. People Which, at the end,
0: or people oh, in the nice. 70s, were just really cavalier about that. that, was, was that Real
1: quick before we finish, what do you think of the hand puppet strangulation? I didn't. I lost it there. I didn't know if it was supposed to be funny or not. I think it was. I think supposed it was to be
0: funny. Supposed to be funny. Because I laughed. I don't have any gloves, <laughs> and yeah. they set it up because. You know he he plays with them early on. It's like what the fuck is this?
2: Yeah, ex convict doing playing with puppets. It didn't. F- I don't know. And if it was supposed to be funny, maybe that's why the child bluster thing is kind of okay. Because it's like, well, he's dying at hand puppets. Well, it's certainly partly a comedy. I, I, I don't comedy. know. I didn't. I would not say certainly. I was a little confused at times at the, as to what their goal was for me to. Sure. Like how I was supposed to be entertaining. I
0: think some of the satirical elements of the characters is supposed to be funny. Maybe it's not laugh out loud, but more like... Mm-hmm. I don't know, funny characterizations or something. Right. Yeah. They
2: say some witty stuff to
0: each other, and James Coburn's pretty funny.
2: Yeah, there's dialogue that's... I mean, in the same way that like there's funny shit that's said in definite dramas. Sure. I just don't know if the overarching thing was a
1: comedy. If this were just a general review, would you call it Watchlist Worthy? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think it's entertaining. I think you, you can get things out of the movie, which, regardless of what you ultimately think about it, yeah. it's, it's it's an entertaining watch.
0: I'd hate to be pedantic, but say, like, if you like paying attention to movies that have, like, fun mysteries, this would be fun. If you're, like, this is a second screen watch, I don't know that you get as much out
2: of it. Nah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, it's time to vote. Uh, should it be in the talk of fame? Uh, does, no uh, feelings
0: hurt here, because like we said, this was a blind item. Yeah, we had
1: no idea what <laughs> we were walking into. Yeah. Which was really made it fun. Um, I'll go first. I, I definitely enjoyed this movie in a lot of ways. I'm going to vote no. It's, uh, it just kind of didn't quite get to that level that I'd like to see from a talk of fame movie. It, despite being... Very enjoyable. How dare you? David? I'm voting no too.
0: But I, I appreciated <laughs> yeah. that it was it was a fun thing and it was fun to watch this movie that I'd never heard of before. That's kind of hard to do in the uh, nowadays where I don't know, I'm on I'm DB and Wikipedia with a whole bunch of stuff. If I'm gonna see a movie I've probably already heard about it ahead of time. Right. There's not a lot of blind stuff as you should check this movie out and, you know, me not Knowing some details about it first, I also
1: feel like this is the kind of movie where you could have seen it on many IMDb lists and just glossed over it. I would have glossed sure. over this so many times, yeah. just like scrolling through, like, "Oh, James Coburn, what's what's he been in?" And I scroll right past yeah. this. This seems this would strike me as like a like a forgettable little art house movie if <laughs> right. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah,
0: I mean, this covers just like a yacht with a cartoonish question mark on the front. After Last of Sheila, I was like, okay, <laughs>
2: Yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, not too far above Watchless worthy for me I don't think okay mm. uh, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I guess when there's a mystery and I get to when there's a movie that is about like putting together pieces of a puzzle and it gets watched with critical eyes by two of the best like movie watchers I know and we can't figure out some shit that happened it didn't do a good job that's my my gut on that yeah yeah, part,
0: like, part of the bait-and-switch, though, that, like, the the whole twist is, like, you you never could have put it together. Or I guess you, you could have had insinuations or a guess, but there was so much happening that you weren't shown or you weren't, you know, allowed to know happened that, you know, I don't think...
2: I don't know. There was Does that some make sense? That, yeah, it doesn't. I don't think it, it... I don't think what you just said really... I agree with what you said. I don't think it is a rebuttal to what I was saying there.
1: I do think the way it handled its exposition and reveals was clunky in parts. I thought some of it was done well and some of it was done poorly. Um, which is evidenced by our moments of confusion, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If I was, If I was remaking it, I would say I would have the mystery be something that was gettable. At least... There's some elements in the the background or some foreground scenes where you're not sure the purpose of these scenes at this point. I think those are more fulfilling mysteries in my estimation. But still, like you know, I think it's a low level bar. Did I have fun with this movie? Sure, it was entertaining.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, if I were remaking it, I think I would change a few of the uh, reveals. Doesn't just make it make it a little different in some way. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't make it as obvious that Coburn is indeed dead, or that char- the Clinton character is 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 dead. Because mm-hmm. I think I think having that because I think they, that they all raise that
0: question. That if you don't have the police come and maybe the the body T- is taking gone, the
1: body away, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: the police validate, you know, that the the game's over and a new game's beginning. It'd be interesting, to your point, if the police never come and the body is gone. If they just like, th- you know, Tom throws the body off the cliff or something. Yeah. But again, that's part of the like gaslighting. Lee to kill herself. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you can't figure out all the intricacies of what happened, but I think you can figure out that it's Tom. Yeah, I was who supplied s- the card at least, because if you you know there's seven cards, you know that she's the hit and run. At that point. So you're trying to figure out what card was planted. And it makes sense that the hit and run card would be the plant mm-hmm. at that point. And then once you know she did it, you know who knew she did it, and Tom makes the most sense. Yeah. And you sus- can figure that out before you find out Tom is is the killer.
0: Yeah, And as just a movie watcher, I was suspicious that Tom was the, the killer also, before the last reveal and all that.
2: Yeah. He's the... The, like, that would be the shocker kind of person. Yeah, that, that would make this movie a movie, right?
0: Right. <laughs> it's like, what's the movie thing to do? It would be for him to be the, the person. And also just a parlor game advice. If In, like, the big reveal thing, you're the one who is, like, putting out the theory and connecting all the dots. Right. You know, you're probably have more information than everybody. Yeah. I really
1: wanted them to all be uh, complicit in different ways for uh, Sheila's death. I was hoping that that was going to be the big reveal. Uh, yeah, that yeah. They were, one drove the car, one kept feeding her drinks, one just said, I'll let her go. And uh, it's like, all six did things that contributed. I thought that would have been cool as a <laughs> They were like, all six punishment. in the car. <laughs>
0: or if there were six different attempts on
1: Clinton's life. Or if she got hit by six cars at once. <laughs> 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 it's like a naked gun scene where she keeps getting up she's like I'm okay so <laughs> I actually was
2: another car I was doing something on online posting something that I needed to and uh, I missed Sheila's like death scene like mm-hmm. the instant she got hit by the car at the very beginning and I was like what happened to her and Cassandra was like she got hit and bounced off the bushes and then like the next thing was Diane Cannon saying like it you know happened that night Sheila like, got bounced off the bushes so <laughs> Cassandra was like wait wait pause it <laughs> I need to like collect myself since <laughs> so I said she was bounced off the bushes and so was Diane Cannon
1: <laughs> Um. Okay, so it's our first uh, It's our first clean sweep on oh, Nose. It's, it's the first movie, which makes sense. It's the first blind, uh, blind sure. choice. And um, like we
0: said, Metropolis was blind, but culturally but all of us had been aware of that movie.
1: Yeah, there was a sigh time. when
2: that movie got assigned. We knew what we were getting into. <laughs> uh, it would be
0: interesting to do more of those blind items of movies kind of, kind of forgot. Yeah. They really have to... Cross the bar for entertainment and uh, execution because you know you're already losing the influence. Yeah. Battle.
2: So I've got homework next week. Yes, we're going to do a topic. We're going to talk about uh, HBO's made-for-TV movies, which have historically done really well at award shows. Often nominated, they pretty much can make regular movies, and they've been doing it for about thirty years now. Um, they kind of were the first to start doing those, like. Game of Thrones type productions, just mm-hmm. cinematic mm-hmm. worthy, uh, and we're going to do it by watching a 2018 movie, I think, came out this year, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Michael B. Jordan, Michael Shannon, Fahrenheit 451 remake. They get great reviews, didn't get panned necessarily, mm-hmm. but we're going to check it out. We are uh, big fans of both those actors, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that's a good, it's a good story. I've, I've read the book, either one of y'all read the book? No. No. So, it's fun. I think y'all probably know the plot by this point, though. So,
1: yeah. Fahrenheit 451, it's streaming on HBO, go. Alright, so that's your homework, and that's our podcast. You have heard the last about The Last of Sheila. (laughs) I feel like that is nowhere near true,
2: but it seems like something I want to come up anytime anybody says The Last of Us. It's a game that you and Chris are going to talk about a lot in the next year and a half. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) In In that game, does anyone say... I think we've seen the last of us. Of
1: us? <laughs> All the mirrors have been destroyed. <laughs> I really wondered after the second character uttered the last of Sheila, the if the if each character was gonna wind up saying it at some point.
0: They do at least say it in a different contexts. Yeah. It's like and there's the last of Sheila, that's the A. Uh, <laughs> like right. so I'm trying to keep working in different iterations of that.
1: Um all right. Well, thanks for listening. This has been Talkie Talk, podcast for the dot com. Get online and see our stuff at uh, the Media By us.com. Uh, Check out our uh, Facebook groups Movies By Us, Games By Us, TV By Us, our Facebook page, Media By Us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Media By Us. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can send us emails at TheMediaViolus at gmail.com Where's the beef? <laughs> uh, <laughs> please uh, rate and subscribe to the podcast on podcatching pod- apps of your choice. Uh, we would love Because, no, <laughs> you know, every time you rate and subscribe we're loving it. <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to say a, a fairy gets its wings the an angel gets its
2: wings a fairy dies every time you don't write our podcast That's a fairy right. dies I uh, like a fairy gets its wings though a fairy without wings fucking
1: sucks shitty life
2: <laughs> <laughs> alright and uh every, every time a bell rings an angel dies
1: <laughs> Jesus um thanks to the Willow Walkers for providing the intro music. Willow Walkers! And thank you to Burifa, Burifa. for is
0: this it in you? music
1: <laughs> that it's you are going to you. hear right now. <laughs> Burifa, is it in you? <laughs> <laughs> What's in your wallet? Kicking rocks down old dusty roads Bye! Small town, slowpokes. pokes, long time ago Checking out records of all the things that I know All the things that I know